0: Welcome to another episode of Wiki Weekdays with myself, Cal Smallwood, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Lucas Holland. Hello. And uh, yeah, I went like first last week, didn't I? With just the uh, the absolute out of left field pick. You did indeed. That- Speaking of just the internet and just people like you know responding before they fully like, was there ever more proof that we needed that people will <laughs> comment on things before watching episodes? than everyone, like, oh, I love Warhammer.
1: I think it was like the first or second comment or something of like someone being, oh my god, yes, Warhammer, I love this so much. And I was, like, I'm so sorry.
0: Yeah, I'm so. And it's sorry. really, it's really funny though because uh, my our friend who we talked about who like um, uh, is in it was like, like laughing so much. <laughs> like you just sent me a message of like I can't believe you did it you absolute madman I'm like yeah
1: that's right and thank you to everyone who commented because everyone pretty much like you know in the comments was friendly about it and it in good spirits. so thank
0: mm-hmm. you I how so you can tell they're like um, uh, not a Warhammer fan proper because all they should have done is flipped a table <laughs> actually no that's Magic the Gathering and Yu-Gi-Oh fans isn't it but I don't, don't, imagine I people don't
1: even know it's like, are you allowed to like Flip a table in a TCG room or is just like the dense fog of sweat just too thick.
0: The that's tables a, won't move. Oh my kid can you imagine flipping a table full of like Warhammer figurines and they all that's like hit your opponent in the face? It's like <laughs> yeah, that's a tactic. Just next level tactic. But uh yes yeah, so, so Lucas, you'll be going first on this episode of Wiki Weekends. We Weekend, get mm-hmm. weekdays, I should say it's the podcast, isn't it? The Wiki Weekends no, um, podcast. If anyone unfamiliar with the format, it's uh, myself and Lucas will scour the length and breadth of the internet to find a wiki page that we'll just discuss. And as always, we invite you, our lovely audience um, watching on YouTube or listening at home on podcast services, to vote for which wiki won this week. Let us know in the comments or social media, what have you. And just without further ado, Lucas, what wiki have you brought this week?
1: Well, Carl, uh, there's no twists or turns going on in... In my wiki page this week. But you know what there is, Carl? What is there? There's lots of spins.
0: There's lots of spinning. So this is either going to be something (laughs) Sonic-based or Crash Bandicoot-based. It is neither. It is neither? Okay. It is neither. This
1: wiki page we are covering is about Blendo. Who's Blendo? Are you familiar with the robot Blendo?
0: Wait a minute. Is this, like, from, like, BattleBots? This is from Robot Wars. This, robot Wars.
1: It's it's from when BattleBots in America was originally called Robot Wars.
0: Okay, so I'm a huge fan of Robot Wars, which I mean I watched it when I was 12. Mm-hmm. And yep. I'm just going to like tell me the name again. Blendo. Blendo. I'm just going to look at it. And before I'm... Blendo. And it's called Robot Wars, yeah? Yes. From Robot Wars. Let me just have a look at a picture of it.
1: Okay, that's the strongest <laughs> robot ever. Yeah, so uh, we'll cover Blendo in a second. We'll just but just um, talk about Robot Wars. Well, it's more that I want to talk about the person that made Blendo.
0: Okay, cause that's the thing. Like, so let's describe Robot Wars. People who maybe aren't familiar. It's just a show where people build a robot. There's a yeah. couple of rules like generally you have to stick to. Like, you can't like put a gun on it, for example.
1: Uh, um, it yeah, they have like certain weight limits and there's a weight um, limit, a
0: horsepower limit. You can make yeah, the engine
1: only so powerful. You can only use certain types of weaponry. Like I know, for example, uh, like infamously, like at one point, because normally they're like no um, entrapment things like nets are allowed, which you've and told then, me about before, yeah. Yeah, one year they like forgot to put that in the rules, so someone abused it, and then they were, well, that's it's
0: against sportsmanship. It's like you took it out the rules, and I got super mad and super salty when you told me about that a guy who like read the rules, mm-hmm. figured out there's a change in the rules, and then. Use it as a loophole and built like a robot's Fired a net and it's like, well, that's not fair. So it's within the rules,
1: <laughs> why did you take it out of the rules? Then? Uh, yeah, um, but um, yeah, it's basically just for the most part. You you know, you have two, three, four robots in an arena. They duke it out and it's last man standing in like three minutes.
0: Yeah, and generally, like early seasons of both Robot Wars and battle bots, there was a lot of like variation. But it very quickly became apparent that the absolute strongest possible robot was one that was just a circle with a saw on it and just span around really, really fast, which I imagine, is that what Blendo did? I mean, Blendo, Blendo is truly the
1: unstoppable robot.
0: Yeah, because over in the UK, we had Spin Doctor, didn't we? Which was just, it was like a, a big spinning circle on mm. just like what was, looked like, uh, like a, a dolly that you'd have in a shop. And it was unstoppable. Locked, yeah. Nothing could touch it. Nothing could hit it. It was the most unbeatable thing ever. And you had all these cool robots. Like, this costs 45 grand. It's got, like, you know, <laughs> space-age technology. But what's he going to do when it's just being hit at 1,000 RPM?
1: I still like the person that uh, built, like, a hamburger robot in one of the later BattleBot seasons and mm-hmm. was like, look, I know I'm not here to be taken very seriously. I built a hamburger robot, but I just wanted to bring a hamburger robot.
0: And that's one of my favourite things about the show, because you would have... There was, like, I'd say three archetypes, and you'd have parent and child who liked the show and just built Mm -hmm. it in their back garden with, like, a lawnmower engine, and it usually had a really stupid, inefficient weapon. Mm -hmm. You had an amateur enthusiast who was just, like, an absolute... They're the ones who built the best robots because they just, like, absolutely tinkered the hell out of their design. And then you Mm -hmm. had the assholes who just try to like well i'm i'm the smartest and they have got the most money and will spend tens of thousands of dollars building a perfect robot and yeah. it was always so satisfying seeing those guys get their ass kicked
1: <laughs> um but yeah like as i say we'll we'll cover what Blender actually was in a minute but yeah i came across this because like uh, you know maybe like a, a few weeks back mm-hmm. um mr adam savage of mythbusters fame put out a video talking about his experience with Blendo. Because is, is the, this the one that was
0: built by the MythBusters guys? The
1: the the, the, the guy Jamie Heineman. The man himself was the one who built Blendo.
0: Wait a minute, is this the one that was so good they had to ban it? (laughs) Yeah. Because I remember, like, there's a story about the Mythbusters guys that before they got famous, one of them built a robot for robot wars that just annihilated everything and they had to stop it because, like, it's unbeatable. Is this that robot? This is that robot,
1: yeah. Oh, come
0: on, tell me about (laughs) Blendo then.
1: So, Blendo is a com- uh, is a combat robot designed and built by Jamie Heineman. again, of okay. Mythbusters fame. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Savage wired the electronics and the control system, so he was, like, an intern for Jamie at the time when they did
0: this. And the thing um, is, was, like, I'm looking at it, and it looks unbeatable, because it's yeah. just a circle with a saw on it, <laughs> and there's no moving parts. Yeah. And, um, it, it, it looks like, Joe, you know, when... Uh, like, uh, you ask, like, AI to design the ultimate weapon, and yeah. humans always think it's, like, you know, covered in bells and whistles, it's like, well, no, every additional thing that moves is a weak point that can be exploited or fail, yeah. the ultimate killing machine would be a ball with a gun on it,
1: it and that's it what this is, it's just a ball just, with a knife. It's so good, and, um, yeah, I'll, I'll link the um, Adam Savage video in, like, the description below as well, because, like... Mm-hmm. He just talks about how cool Blendo was for like ten minutes, and I'm like, "Yeah, go go give that a watch after this." Mm-hmm. But uh, Blendo had the first effective implementation of the full body kinetic energy spinner weapon that became common in BattleBots. Again, the, this was Robot Wars, but got changed to BattleBots in America.
0: Yeah, the two uh, strongest things were either the flipper or the um, uh, the spinner, and now nothing else of, was like really competing with either of them.
1: Yeah, like a lot of them. Um, like this one are like full body spinners but then you've Mm -hmm. got other ones where they use like horizontal or vertical spinners but any either way like some kind of spinner weapon has normally proven to be like the ultimate tactic
0: yeah i think the only one that really ever broke out of the mold was do you remember razor in the uk robot wars and it was like based on a scorpion it had like a scorpion's tail and its whole thing was it'd spin down but it'd trap him in and then just this giant razor tail would go all the way through the robot And that was almost unbeatable because every other robot that had like the crushing thing on top, using like a pickaxe or something.
1: Yeah. And it swinged
0: once and it would do a bit of damage but not much. But Razor just crushed. Yeah. And just crushed. And it was unstoppable. And I think it won like three in a round. (laughs) It's the only one I could think of that wasn't a spinner or a flipper.
1: I mean, yeah. There, there, There are quite a lot of like fun, unique ones when you watch Battlebots, but that's the sad thing is when it gets to like the top 8 it's nearly always like oh here's like eight spinners and you're like because okay because it's the
0: people yeah it's the people who figured out what is the optimum way to destroy an enemy robot and usually it is just you want as few moving parts as possible because every moving part is something that could go wrong
1: mm-hmm. and it's so funny because like that's essentially why this was so unstoppable because it had basically zero ground clearance and no way to attack it anywhere
0: well, that's what i mean looking at it it's just a circle it's just what it
1: is, is a, a robot had a made from a walk and was spun by a
0: lawnmower engine. And it's like, right, job's done. Yeah, well, that's the thing, though. That's what I mean. That's the, the I remember the three archetypes, didn't I? In, like, you know, parents and child, amateur enthusiasts who take it way too seriously, who win, and then people try and, like, buy their way into the top. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we're describing here. Just two weirdos who are really into engineering.
1: Yeah. And it's just, yeah. Um, Glaze attached to the shell caused damage to opponents, removing bodywork, and in some instances caused them to be thrown over the polycarbonate safety shield into the audience.
0: Yeah, that was the reason it was like banned, wasn't it? Because it was like the audience was at risk of being hit by a piece of other robot <laughs> Blendo destroyed. And it's probably
1: the in- entire reason why when you watch modern BattleBots, it's like an entire fucking like hell in the cell for these robots. Yeah. There's n- there's no way to get past like any of the safety precautions because I presume they saw what happened on Robot Wars with Blendo and went, yeah. Oh no. Like this could go wrong. It's like um I was watching one of the more recent um, seasons that we've got over in the UK, at least on mm-hmm. Netflix, and the I can't remember which robot it was, but it just it sent a piece, like an entire shard of metal, into the safety shield. Mm-hmm. And it, like, lodged inches into the safety shield. It's like. They just
0: get more powerful every year. But the thing yeah. I'm looking at, though, I'm having a quick look at, like, um, uh, BattleBots. Mm-hmm. Do they not have the house robots?
1: No. No. BattleBots so, is strictly just you've one got on one. um Like, hammers in the corners where, like, the teams can activate them to do a little bit of extra damage, and they've got, like, floor spikes, and they've got, um, like, floor saws that come up with a minute left, and they've got, like, um little like rotating spikes on the um outside to like pull enemies enemies pull robots out
0: yeah so this is like um, a rare situation then where the british version of a piece of media is more intense than the american one because normally like the american one has like bigger spectacle scale doesn't it because America, Mm. everything's bigger the british one we have house robots and those house robots are not um, uh, bound by the rules of the competition that everyone else has to adhere to. Mm-hmm. For example, the most famous house robot. What's his name, Lucas? Um, I'm guessing you're going to go with Sir Killalot. Sir Killalot, yes, who is like th- f- over 800 pounds, so 500 pounds more on the limit, and has the jaws <laughs> of life from like a fire department on his arm. Yeah. And my favourite bit about the house robots is, you know the people who made them are fucking nerds. Oh. Because every now and again, you have one person who go in and attack the house robots, just <laughs> for fun. Because why would you not? I remember there was one episode where some guy went up and attacked kill a lot first turn. Because no, he's I'm like, not. Well, why not? I want to flip a house robot and normally the house robots aren't allowed to leave their designated area and the risk is if you go in they'll get you the second round that's in it all four house robots come out <laughs> to get because you know behind the scenes the people who made them were salty that their version their robot that is like breaks all the rules got his ass kicked by this one <laughs> made by someone in their shed
1: oh that's great I love is that the, like, the house robots are just like no we must defeat this person
0: because it means you know the person controlling it behind the scenes was salty that their robot got flipped over.
1: And I guess that maybe that's um, the difference between like the American and British style is like for us, it was more of like a spectacular TV show. Whereas I mm-hmm. think in America, it is a TV show, of course, but I think it's way more like competitive and taken yeah, like, way more seriously.
0: I think you get know? like a trophy and a couple grand for ours, but America, I mm-hmm. guess they have a big prize pool, what have you.
1: They, you, you get the nut, Carl. <laughs> You've won a giant nut. Okay, I can, I can get behind get Let's go on, tell me more about Blendo. So, Blendo competed in the second Robot Wars competition in San Francisco, 1995. After two fights against robots uh, Namreco and Dumor, mm-hmm. uh, it was deemed too hazardous to compete by the event supervisors and the insurance company after throwing pieces of its opponent over the arena walls.
0: The thing is that that must mean then it's impossible. Like, you win by default. My well, robot's
1: I, too good. It was given co-champion status in exchange for withdrawing from the competition. Yeah, it's so good. It's like it would not be fair for this thing to compete. It's like it's too dangerous to compete. But also, at the same time, you clearly built the best, most unstoppable robot. Yeah. So we That's, can't tell you you've lost, and you can't be look, disqualified because yeah. you played by the rules.
0: So like I said, that, the, you can't stop spinning. Spinning is no, the most no, ultimate of all of the um, uh, robots. You should get yourself one
1: big, sturdy walk and make it spin real fast, car. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, then... Two years later, in 1997, it returned in the fourth Robot Wars. After the height of the arena walls had been increased to prevent debris from reaching the audience, mm-hmm. in this competition, Blendo again fought two robots, Hercules and Punja, and quickly defeated both. And after causing damage to the arena walls in both matches... Blender was once again asked to withdraw in exchange for co-champion status.
0: At that point, just like, stop letting them compete cause they're clearly going to win.
1: Well, that's the thing is, two years later, they must have been like, right, we've, we've doubled down on our safety precautions. You're allowed to come back. Mm-hmm. And then it was still just too dangerous and demolished everything again. It's, it's
0: incredible. Oh, uh, my God. So I've I've just googled like try to find that robot I was on about from Robot Wars. Oh yeah, and he's like, oh, here's just an article on like all the full-bodied spinners that have taken like part in Robot Wars, and just here's just one of the things that happened. Of just hopefully this does this gif work? That's not a gif, is it? Is that not working? You
1: just sent me like a screenshot of a GIF. That's okay, really so I, I need to get
0: this GIF working because this is incredible. <laughs> so, what it is is it's like a GIF of like potential problems with using such a powerful robot. Hmm. <laughs> and just, it spins so fast. Oh, god damn it. Can you it's click not, on it and watch work. it?
1: I wonder if I can like visit Can you the click website? it and watch it? Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> it just, it's just a spinning blade. That's going so fast that it just flips itself out. It completely turns itself
0: upside down. It's too fast.
1: And um, that's, it reminds me of like, oh, um, oh, like that, you know, video that I was talking about from Adam Savage where he says, like, to start with, Jamie wanted the thing to spin at like forty thousand rpm or something
0: we couldn't do this we we could not make it heavy enough
1: that basically it ended up at like 100 rpm or something like that but like something you just wanted like the most insane like spin it the fastest possible it's like you can't do that it will just kill people
0: it's like when you go look at um uh like the japanese version where it's just like instead of wheels it has chainsaws and it's like why is this allowed (laughs) And, um, yeah, one
1: one thing that I found interesting was that talking about how they, like, um, activated the robot instead of mm-hmm. having, like, a ripcord to activate the lawnmower,
0: like a Beyblade, yeah,
1: uh, like a Beyblade, instead of doing that to activate the engine, he'd, he'd like, devised a drill system mm-hmm. where you had to stand over the robot and drill it into it. That's terrifying. To start the spinning, and he Which was you're... apparently the only one willing to do it.
0: What's me? Your ankles are right next to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Your <laughs> like ankles they, are at like they full would like risk. stand
1: on boxes, and only Jeremy would turn it on because everyone else was like just terrified of this thing.
0: W- wouldn't you be? Because I was I just would like because I think as well. I found the one that I'm on about that well, was just like fucking unstoppable. The first season it was in, and it's Hypno Disc.
1: Hypno yes.
0: I yeah, all Hypno-Disc. it was is just a. It's ju- basically a buzz on a. A dolly, yeah, and it nothing could beat. I remember it's. I think it was one of the first like spinners in the British version of Robot Wars. I'm pretty and sure what, it was
1: like champion multiple times through. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and what would happen is people would just they try and crash into it to knock it over, and then just fly off the arena. Mm-hmm. It was insane, and there's like a picture of it with like fighting kill a lot and kill a lot scared. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, like the picture is like kill a lot, like um, his tense to try to approach it with his like jaws of life. Oh my god. Yeah,
1: and that's that's just why I, I love Robot Wars because like both versions of Robot Wars BattleBots, either way, I just I love watching stuff like that where you just find like ridiculous robots that just ultimate destruction machines.
0: There's just something about the idea of like it's like it's the simplicity. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it probably was going against these devices like that people worked on for years. And it's like we've got a fucking walk with a saw on it. Yeah, because they just worked like okay, what is the most the strongest possible shape we can do? Okay, a circle, obviously. And it is funny
1: because you you do think to yourself, like, when watching Mythbusters, it's like, why did this guy, why do these guys, you know, ne- never go on something like Robot Wars? It's Oh, it turns out they did and they were too good. Yeah. They just got stopped because they were too efficient. Um, okay, so it, it said Blendo uh, would later compete in BattleBots as well. Mm-hmm. Um, however, despite its cap- capacity for extreme violence... Blendo had little success in BattleBots. Okay. Um, it said, A combination of a stronger arena design, capable of containing the energy of Blendo in brackets, was <laughs> That's really... That was so
0: powerful, that to <laughs> a- redesign it.
1: Uh, stronger robots were able to take multiple hits from Blendo, Similar spinner designs were added, and Baleo's own tendency to tear itself apart yeah. caused it to be defeated in its
0: first match in all four Baleo uh, no, events. It, no, what that means is it, the only opponent that could defeat Blendo was Blendo. <laughs> <laughs> I had to choose that he's wanted a warrior's death. <laughs> Do you that thing of, like, no, oh. nothing, no robot on Earth can challenge me? And he just, like, just, <laughs> it was self-immolated in the ring and it's, like just transcended. And that that screams to me that, um... So
1: clearly, they, you know, they made stronger, um arenas Mm -hmm. and clearly stronger like you know allowances were then given so like people could make more violent robots clearly yeah and what it sounds like to me is that they then amped up blendo and just like got closer to that forty thousand rpm that he
0: wanted terrifying and he just started tearing
1: itself apart
0: i've also as well while i was like looking at some robot wars stuff i found one of my favorite robots because i know we talk like we Joe. Interesting, of like the idea of like something so simple is usually what's going to win. Do you mm-hmm. remember Robot the Bruce? No, no. It's so Robot the Bruce, not Robert the Bruce. Like you know, um, uh, like famous um, historical figure in the UK. Mm-hmm. It was. A, I'm just going to send you a picture of it, Lucas, and you just describe Robot the Bruce to the folks at home.
1: I was just taking a sip. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Oh, just des- what?
1: Describe it. What is this fucking like PC tower on wheels? What is? What do you see? So I, I see, uh, you know, um, essentially like a big steel and hardened plastic box with yeah, wheels yeah. on it.
0: What weapons do you see? I don't. Yeah, that's the thing. It didn't have any. It, was. it just it, take hits until just a, it, the
1: enemy tore
0: itself apart. It was a box on wheels and all it did is push other opponents into a hole. Jokes to have, like, the dangers over the big hole. That's all it did, and it won its first season by just crashing into other robots and pushing them into the hole. That was its only... It's like, we're just going to build something completely indestructible. Like, basically, it's an indestructible box, and it just pushes everything else over, and it works, and it won its first season. That's great, because
1: there there are some times where, um, yeah, there's been, like, you know big upsets in battle bots when I've watched a few seasons. Like, for yeah. example, there's, there's one which, um, you know, has won a couple, I think, now mm-hmm. called Tombstone, and that's like the one to beat. Yeah, and it's just a, a giant chunk of metal that spins super fast on the front of a box. Yeah, and there's been multiple times where it's basically defeated itself because it's hit something that can take the hit. And
0: then and just, just, like, falling apart. Because all the force has got redirected back at it itself. Like, the opponent had mirror force inside the machine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it turns out, sometimes,
1: you know, defense is the best offense.
0: It's the thing, like, like the absolute most just defense. Just the unit. And I just love <laughs> that so they said, fuck it, make a box. And it just apparently nothing <laughs> could touch it, because it just drive into all the opponents and just push them into the... So that thing
1: is, it just looks like it's, like, the, like, you know, bulletproof glass kind of plastic. Yeah. And then a bunch of like fucking steel rod enforcement. And
0: it's just like, yeah, defeat do, me. Do you put Modern Warfare and you pick the riot shield and you just push all your <laughs> opponents and that's it? And it's like, well, you, you've got no offensive options, but you also can't be hurt. I
1: think so, one of my favourite things was learning that when you had the riot shield on your back, it still worked as
0: a shield. Yeah. I will I, I never forget when I was watching one of my mates play, we were just playing some Modern Warfare 2 with him. People don't know, like Modern Warfare, the Riot Shield was just this big piece of plastic, but it was immune so it's to riot all. Shield. Yeah, yeah. It, but it, for some reason, it was just immune to all damage from yes. anything, except for a sticky grenade, and that was the only thing that you could do to kill someone holding one with a direct hit. Mm. And um, just my mate was watching him playing. Uh, someone called in a Predator drone missile, and my friend said, "Don't worry, Carl, I've got this." And I'll never forget it when he walked out into middle of grass. Outside the bikes, we were inside like a building. He went outside and just looked directly up, so his character model just bent all the way back. And I just saw the missile hit him. The smoke cleared. He's just there spinning on the spot. I'm like, yeah, boy. So what his like character did is he just looked directly at a missile and just like blocked it with his shield, just tanked it. Yeah, like a fucking Centaurian, just like, oh.
1: Oh dear, was the best? There's not much left to say about Blendo. Uh, it's as here, you know. Um, the creators of the robot went on to host Discovery Channel series Mythbusters. Never heard of it. Uh, it also featured fellow com- combat robot competitor to Grant Himahara and his robot Deadblow. So that's where they
0: all met each other. Know. Just all well, met each other at Robot Wars. Carrie, like, on, um, like, Robot yeah. Wars, we
1: don't know about it. I think, like, a bunch of it was just that they they either met each other or, um you know, got connections through ILM and stuff like that. Because, mm-hmm. like... Uh, I I can't remember if all of them were there as interns or not but like they basically all just had internships at these like amazing different places.
0: Like, I think hell yeah. And just
1: yeah. I mean like I I you know I I bloody love Mythbusters I think it's like one of the most entertaining TV shows just in terms of like it's entertaining but also gives like that insight to so like clever solutions for problems and yeah. just a bunch of like interesting science questions and stuff
0: i will though give props to um uh, that guy on reddit who edits down mythbuster episodes to be 25 minutes long by just removing all the parts where they repeat themselves because it's yes. american and they have adverts every 10 seconds that is the downside, yeah. Yeah, like it's a 45 minute long show, but like 25 minutes of it is fluff as they repeat what the, um, uh, the mystery they're trying to solve is. Because they're there's trying a guy to stretch it out for TV, yeah. yeah. So there's a guy on Reddit who just compiles them all down to 20 minute long. I think they're on <laughs> YouTube as well. Fair. And I was just looking up something which is hilarious. Do you remember Razor? I talked about Razer. You did talk about Razer. I want to
1: like Google Razer Robot Wars just to like remind myself what it looks like. Yeah,
0: it's, I think it won. Like, it was crowd favorite for a long time because of how fucking cool it looks. It looked like a mm-hmm. scorpion. But it, apparently it had a rivalry with a, another robot called Tornado. And Tornado was a robot that was like a little box with um, uh, a spinning blade on the front. And what it did is, when they had like a one-on-one for like an All-Stars match, Tornado <laughs> rocked up looking like this. Oh my God. So it just,
1: it it just, just designed like, itself with, like, a, a fuck you, you can't reach me. Yeah, like, so they,
0: they covered it in scaffolding, so Razor would uh, <laughs> destroy by, like, so this big scorpion tail would come out and crush. So mm-hmm. they just built, like, scaffolding all around the edge of it, so Razor <laughs> couldn't get it. It just outranged it. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I love stuff like that. I think there was another one that did that in BattleBots recently, of like. It just saw one weakness in its opponent and, like, built extra things on the front so it couldn't reach it. Do
0: you know what the best bit is, though? Like, Razor tried pushing it into the pit, the hole, but the box made it so big it couldn't <laughs> fall in. So it had to be a draw, and it's like, yes!
1: Last thing is, they just decided, yeah, clearly, Razor's going to defeat us. At least we can just modify ourselves and get, like, at least a draw out of it. Yeah, just build
0: the anti razor tech. Yeah. Because Razor beat everything.
1: Yeah, it said there that it was, like a double champion winning robot
0: yeah it won like nothing could kill it and it was made by like the same kind of weirdo we're talking about where like every season it's like okay here's like the new anti thing Mm -hmm. on the back of it and it it is funny
1: though because it is similar to other things where certain robots become so good that like people make like (laughs) anti-meta picks
0: Although, like, you know, try and copy its design. So, so I remember it was, like, mm-hmm. HypnoDisc was, like, the one sat the spinning revolution in Robot Wars, then Razor was the one that... See what you did there. They never really had any pretenders to Razor because it, it was so unique. That's why it's one of the most recognizable... I was always surprised it never became a house robot. Mm. I was always wondering, like, why they never, like, upgrade, like, made it into house robot status and let them just build a version that was, like, against the rules and just absolutely max it the fuck out.
1: I, I've searched for the wrong thing I should have uh I w wanna send you this robot Carl. I okay, don't know I if you'll what. uh you remember it or not, but it's in um it's in BattleBots, but it's like British guys that also were on robot wars. Okay. Um So copy image, I'll send that over to you on Discord. But it's basically it's a robot called Warhead. And it's just like it's this massive chunker of a robot.
0: Okay, I don't remember that that looks
1: and Similar they, to
0: Razer, a little bit.
1: A little bit, and sometimes they have like a spinning top on it, and other times mm. they put a giant like flame spewing T Rex head on there. Why would you not? They replace the spinning thing, but when it's got the spinning top on the front, they have the ability if it gets flipped. Oh, is to it the do one? an upside down attack?
0: Yeah, is it like? Uh, <laughs> wasn't there also that robot that had smaller robots inside? There's there's Wouldn't many ones with, like small mini robots, robots would come yeah. out. And it's like yeah, they just immediately get killed. Yeah, <laughs> I, d- I don't think I'll ever forget. Like there was that. I don't know which robot it was, but it's like one of the, the flipper robots that was like a, the most powerful flipper they'd ever seen. Mm. And someone managed to flip that one, and everyone's like, "Well, it's game over now, isn't it?" And then it activated its own flipper <laughs> and did a full front flip and landed by. It's like, <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, that, that's Blendo for you, Carl. Blendo combat. is an inaugural member of the Combat Robot Hall of Fame, and it, of course, it should be. Is the
0: question though, how you like? Do you think you could take out any of these robots with just a baseball bat? No, no way, no, no way in hell. These are combat no. robots. Carl. Yeah, what would what it do take you for you to go in and try and fight Blendo? Because <laughs> it, it's just the ankle annihilator. Might as well be like a razor scooter on the end of it, it's like,
1: and just you know, want to shout out. Everyone, go watch that Spaced episode. where it's the Robot Wars episode, just go watch Spaced. Just go watch Spaced. It's great. Yeah. If, you know, if you like um,
0: like Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, go watch Spaced. It's basically it's, just the precursor to it. It's
1: the precursor to the Shaun of the Dead, and it's where they got the idea for Shaun of the Dead. Yeah,
0: the Resident Evil Two episode, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so yeah, just
1: like it's it's very very like you know late nineties early noughties as it was made in that time, but Timeless it's, it's in such a way. such a good show.
0: I remember like, if you like, love yeah. the
1: editing and comedy style of, like, Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, like,
0: it's all there. Yeah. Because I remember once where I said, like, oh, you can't get it anywhere, and someone got really mad about it. Well, it's on DVD. And I went, yeah, it's not available. You can obviously buy a DVD, <laughs> but they don't re- it's not available to buy as a new thing. And people always get mad when you say that. It's like, well, I bought it on DVD. So, yeah, you bought a pre-owned copy. They're not still minting DVDs. Eventually, they will run out.
1: Yeah, like, it's... Not something still being distributed. Yeah.
0: Your ability to get it relies on the fact that someone has one that they don't want anymore. Mm-hmm. And not the fact that, like, you know, you can just buy one from a store because they're currently, like, you know, it's still in distribution. Like,
1: it's like a Channel 4 TV show. What are the odds that, like, they're going to have DVDs over in, like, America? Yeah. But, uh, you know, find a way to watch it, I guess. It, it might be on some streaming service. I don't know.
0: Yeah, if you can track it down. I think it's on all four or whatever. But, but yeah. either way, yeah, go watch space and robot wars. So I always thought it was Craig but, Charles.
1: Uh like the the thing is,
0: you know. But who's it hosted by in America? It uh I
1: can't but, remember the names. I bet them. it's no like,
0: one interesting.
1: One of the, uh, no one of the hosts is an, an ex MMA fighter for BattleBots. Uh, I don't recognise any of the people in this. Um no, I, I never I recognise quite a few of the guest judges they've had on. Mm-hmm. Um. but I don't normally recognise, like, the hosts or anything.
0: yes, yeah, we had Craig Charles do ours, didn't we?
1: We did, but Craig Charles has been tated for me ever since I went back and watched Takeshi's Castle again. Oh, and how racist is. I went, oh, no, and, like, yeah. some of the stuff that Craig Charles is spouting, I was like, oh, this is just...
0: Yes. It's not even, like, on the edge. It's, like, just extremely offensive. Yeah, because it came from that era where it's like, oh, Japanese equals we People don't know, like, Takeshi's Castle, we had it hosted by Craig Charles over here. And I'd I'd like to think... From Red was,
1: Dwarf fame.
0: Yeah, that he was just reading the scripts, that he was wrote. I'd like to think he didn't write it himself. I, I'd hope
1: so. But again, that them were the times, Carl, unfortunately. It's like yeah. that kind of just nomenclature was very common and scarily so, considering this thing was like in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, it's tated Craig Charles for me. So like every time I just... See him, I'm like, oh no, the Takeshi's Castle is coming like, back to me. Yeah.
0: So, oh, let's just you know add another head to that um, uh, fact fiend image I created. Once, like the pantheon of Asian racism in media. So we're just going to yeah. add like Takeshi's Castle, the British version, alongside the cats from uh, apparently Arista they're cats. bringing
1: it back, and I'm hoping that you know it can be brought back in a way that just like is just here's a funny TV show and doesn't have to bring like. There are only
0: two hosts. I'll All that
1: shit into it.
0: Yeah, it's either Dick and Dom have got to host it,
1: or Harry Hill. <laughs> They're the only th- like no Dick and Dom. Have you not seen? He's like a house improvement TikToker. No, either Dick or Dom, and he he's just like, I'm, "Fuck it, I'm I'm doing up my house. I'm going to TikTok it and show you how to improve your house." I was like, "I, I didn't realise that this was where I was going to find either Dick or Dom." I can't remember. Oh, man, but,
0: it's like cool. Just- Two guys who's on the most amount of like cocaine, just screaming (laughs) at kids about white, about wonky donkeys.
1: Boy, it's great nineties. It's it's great when I realise, oh, they grew up and are now teaching me how to be an adult
0: and not a child. It's like great. Do you remember that era of like nineties TV show though, where like just they didn't give a fuck, and they would just like annihilate people. Like they was like, oh, remember Gunge? Like what, what happened to Gunge, Lucas? Gunge? Do you remember Gunge where people would get gunged for TV shows? Like Do you, you know, mean, you drop like, They drop the, like green slime. Game? Yeah, they the drop slime, like green yeah. slime on people. And did you ever see what happened to Kate like the person who got it the hardest was Katie Perry? Yeah, at, like the Nickelodeon Kids Awards. Like, have you ever I seen like just that. the picture of her getting gunged?
1: And oh. What was that 90s kids TV show where you would bring somebody in to get like dunked by the slime?
0: I think it was... Uh,
1: it was Get Your Own Back, was get it? Your own,
0: yeah, Get Your Own Back. It's like a British like 90s the entire, TV
1: show. The entire premise was like, oh, a kid that's like eight years old was like, well, my teacher was mean to me one time, and they would bring this teacher into the show to get strapped to a chair, and like the more and more the kid did well in tasks...
0: The, the closer they got to being slimed, <laughs> and it's like, what which is to be that joke? Which, to be fair, though, is based on a pretty old British tradition of like throwing wet sponges at your teachers. Mm. So like, Americans might not know this, or might not have maybe they, if it is a thing you do in your schools, let us know. But there's like a, a very strong British tradition of like the school fair, where like a teacher or the head teacher usually will like you know get dunked into a book, bu- like you know the bucket of water. Or like, you could throw a wet sponge at them. Like, I was going to say more
1: commonly it would be that they would get put in like the. Um, Don't tank then. No, no, I'm thinking they get put in like the stocks.
0: Yeah, the stocks. You could throw like wet
1: sponges, and on, like, you just throw wet stuff. sponges from like a certain distance at the at the stocks yeah. and hope to get get
0: some like oh a, a bit of water on them. It's yeah, like... and it's just like a little bit. Of so I guess it's just the uh, the that taken it to its logical extreme. Because <laughs> I <rest laughs> never forget the royal family took part No took part in that um, uh, variety show where, like, they got shaped, like, they all wore, like, giant inflatable outfits and stuff. Do you remember that?
1: Not at all.
0: Like, where they took... What, what <clears throat> game? Let's have a lot. So, like the Royal Family game show. It was the Grand Knockout Tournament.
1: What?
0: And it had the Princess Royal, and they were competing for charity. And they took okay. part in it, and they dressed up. And they like played the games and they like did like, um, uh... yeah, grand knockout oh, like, tournament. I
1: just clicked on the Discord to see if you'd sent a picture and you saw Katy Perry
0: just getting absolutely she
1: knocked out. She just got, she got
0: annihilated, didn't she? Yeah, but see, they took part, of, like Prince Charles and stuff took part. Oh dear, not Prince Charles, Carl. Oh, King Charles now, yeah. So there's like footage of our king, just like, you know running around getting like chased by a guy when with, when,
1: are, when are we all just gonna decide like down
0: with the monarchy car when are we gonna do it when are we gonna get the french revolution i don't know so do you know, do you, do you did you, you ever see that one where like princess diana was like taking one of the kids to school and they had a school sports day and they went oh as um uh, uh it's tradition for the parents to take part and the war well, royal wouldn't take part I'm oh, and she was just like, fuck you. Yeah, and, and she won- did it anyway. She, she, went, she was so rapid. Like, she absolutely crushed it. Well, it was great. you know, there's a reason that everyone loved Diana. There is, yeah. But just like, she absolutely crushed it, and all the other mums are like,
1: What? With, uh, after that it was all downhill from there. It
0: was, but I like, Down yeah, with cause... the bourgeoisie, Carl, down with the bourgeoisie. Do you know what? I'd be I'd be alright with like, you know, the royal the royalty if they took part in Takeshi's castle once a year. <laughs> Just once a year. Make them do Takeshi's castle or total wipe out no, nin- Make
1: him fight a robot wars
0: robot. No Ninja Warrior. I'll tell you what, if you could do if you could do Ninja Warrior, you deserve to be king. Oh dear. But yeah, I guess uh, we can, on that note,
1: take a quick break before I go on a a, a very...
0: (laughs) Down (laughs) with the Royals. (laughs) what very
1: different side of the podcast would that be?
0: Luke's least favourite class, the bourgeoisie. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back in a moment. And Carl, we are back. We are indeed, yes.
1: I I guess just during our nice little housekeeping segment that we always have Mm -hmm. in the middle... Um, is there anything that you would like to promote?
0: Uh, just yeah, you know the usual: my Twitch stream, my my five channels that I now run and host, like Fat Fiend, Top Tens, Biographics, Geographics, and Wiki Weekends, of course.
1: And like, just to clarify, you run like Fat Fiend and Wiki Weekends, but yeah. like you're just hosting over on those other ones before. What's the th- that's the thing People I found take out. That the wrong way.
0: Yeah, the thing I didn't realize is that like Simon Whistler, like you know, really prolific dude online, I and mean, I wrote for him for many years. People mm-hmm. think he writes all of that stuff, and I was really baffled by that. I was like, what? How can someone possibly think that he writes like for forty different channels? I know he writes for the stuff for his own personal stuff, same way I do. Mm-hmm. How could they not just think he's the host? But.
1: I guess because of the way that, like, YouTube works, is normally people just assume yeah, whoever like, is on camera is the person who runs the channel because, like, that's how YouTube started out. But now it's, you know, there's so many, in, like, channels that are just the entire fucking networks of people and stuff that, like, yeah, similar
0: with top tens. Like, I'm surprised they've got, like, you know, a. Writers, and then they have an editor, and then like, then they have their video editor, then they have their producer, then they have like, they've got like eight different people who touch these videos five and getting it five and do the hosting.
1: And sometimes, you know, that's not even necessarily like a a big team. Like a lot of the time, it's thirty people. You know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah. So, well, you know, when you're like Mr. Beast and you're just buying an entire fucking like slave town mm-hmm. for your producers, and everyone's like, "Wow, this is really great." It's like, no, he's just built. For, like the, We had these in like the 1900s when they built towns for one business and everyone who worked for the business worked there. Like What time are we going to get where they're only allowed to eat Mr. Beast burgers and pay with Beast Bucks?
1: <laughs> that's the thing, isn't it? Imagine your entire life and your entire neighbourhood is your job and is your work.
0: There's a name for it now. You it's
1: can't a, escape it. There's
0: a there's a specific word for it. That I'm just going to look up now because it's going to annoy me if I don't know who it is. A company town, that's it. Mm-hmm. Where it's like they would own, like, you know, everything. It's like, what point are we going to get to when he's just built one of those? But everyone's like, wow, it's a, like, it's a wacky thing a YouTuber's doing. It's like, nah, man. We got, like, these things were horrifying <laughs> back in the day. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, like, a lot of it did stem from, um, you know, companies wanting to treat their employees correctly and making sure that, like, you know, they all had affordable housing and stuff like that. But yet, it also. It was rife for a beautiful yeah. undertone, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was rife for like, the, the thing that people would do if they pay with scripts. It's like, oh, you're not paid with money, you're paid with money that can always spend at the company store, mm-hmm. money which we control the value of. And they were just like, every time people tried to... and it's like, I'm not saying that Mr. Beast's doing that, I'm just saying it's very strange that he's been celebrated for doing something that is eerily similar to the shit that resulted in like a workers' revolution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but either way. Speaking of uh, a workers' revolution, are you ready to talk about Space Jam: and New Legacy? Oh no! Yes. I
1: was so down, and then, I, and then the the New Legacy came. You were in.
0: so down for those first two words, but those last three words just snatched away what little hope you had. I do there? love
1: myself some jam in space, but I have not seen the second film.
0: Where's it? I've got like the VHS somewhere. People who've watched Facts Bean probably know the Space Jam VHS. The the bright green case in it. Yeah. Um, And you know, like
1: before we even get into the wiki, fuck this movie. No other reason than it ruined the original like 1999 Space Jam website.
0: 1996. That website was a legacy of the internet. It was, yeah, because you'd always have the thing that trend every couple of months, wouldn't it? Like the original Space Jam 1996 website is still up (coughs) and then they had to replace it for the new one. But for people who maybe aren't familiar with Space Jam A New Legacy, Space Jam A New Legacy, sometimes and also known online as Space Jam 2, is a 2021 American live action slash animated sports comedy film produced by the Warner Animation Group, Proximity Media and the Spring Hill Company, distributed by Warner Bros. Pictures. And it always freaks me out. I like Warner Bros. Can distribute his own film. So that's how you Definitely get Hollywood point. accounting. Like you know, we're speaking about like really weird business practices that are like shady and underhanded. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with the idea of companies distributing their own films? I just assume that was a pretty normal thing. Well, It is a pretty normal thing, but it's also really rife for abuse because Warner mm-hmm. Bros. When they distribute a movie that they made, can pay themselves or charge themselves whatever they damn well feel like. Which is how you get like overinflated uh. marketing budgets. Of like, oh, this movie cost us 300 million dollars to market. It's like, oh, who markets it? All oh, the marketing arm of Warner Bros. So you mm-hmm. paid yourself 300 million dollars and then wrote right. that off as a loss. And then the other company writes it off as a loss, whereas Warner Bros. writes it off as a profit. It's like, yeah, but anyway, uh-huh. uh, the, f- the film was directed by Malcolm D. Lee with a screenplay by Joel Taylor, Tony Rattenmeister, Keenan Kugler, Terence Nance, Jesse Gordon, and Celeste Ballard with a story by. Taylor, Rattenmeyer, Kugler, and Nance. So, five writers. So, three writers, five script writers. Do you know what that says to me? Quality. Nothing says, says quality like five writers. It says to me, creative vision, Carl. It does, not it? it? says cohesive creative vision with <laughs> one person like at the helm. It serves a standalone sequel to the 1996 original and is the first theatrical released film to feature the Looney Tunes character since Looney Tunes back in action, which only looks better... With the gift of hindsight, because that movie was pretty poorly received, even though it's yeah. I'd say it's, and it's kind of sad to look at now, knowing it's like the end of Brendan Fraser's like success as an actor. It's like the I last were. big film he was in. Besides, like I think the third Mummy movie, and it was kind of like the trend of his like his downturn from like he was in the Mummy, wasn't he? Huge big film, yeah. And he just he never really got his big break. I he, mean, like, we, he literally did now. He has now, yeah. And that's it. It's taken like 20 years to get him back, which is kind of, yeah. Like Looney Tunes back in action was like, oh, you're going to be with the Looney Tunes. Space Jam was huge. And like Brendan Mm. Fraser, Bugs Bunny, what could go, like, you know, what could fail? And then it did, you oh.
1: Yeah. And it's weirdly one of those things where like, obviously the first Space Jam movie was also... Like, this awful cash grab that was based off, like, a 30-second TV advert.
0: Yeah, people don't know the Space Jam. It's based on an ad where Bugs Bunny played um, basketball with Michael Jordan, and it said, let's make that into a movie.
1: And it was, like, an Air Jordans ad or something like that. Yeah. And, yeah, again, it was a cynical corporate movie, but somehow it was, like, the one that made out on the other side. Yeah um against all odds it was like a likable movie even though obviously you know there's plenty of things wrong with it like michael jordan cannot act to save his life yeah, but you it, know it,
0: it, and not to mention as well the bit where michael jordan because it's one of things you don't notice as a kid if you rewatch it as like an older cynical adult where like michael jordan's like oh go to my house and he lives in like a brownstone on like a cul-de-sac it's like michael jordan doesn't live in a house like that he lives it's in like yes that was
1: a very very nice very very big suburban house but like he doesn't have neighbors that
0: close (laughs) no one lives near michael jordan (laughs) legendary asshole michael jordan such an asshole he grew a hitler stash and no one commented on it hang on wait when did that do you never see like when michael jordan just grew like a hitler stash i do not remember this story do you remember when he just did that and like everyone's like why has he got a hitler stash but then it's michael jordan so everyone was scared to like say anything Oh, and there's always something like, you know, this fuck you money and this fuck you, I'm growing them like a Hitler stash.
1: That, that's not something that many people get past. Yeah. He grew the Charlie Chaplin car.
0: Yeah, that's it. He just grew one for absolutely no reason other than like, fuck you, I can't.
1: What can. the fuck? Yeah. And he didn't even
0: grow it well. No. That's the worst part. Yeah, he just, like, his soul patch, he sneezed and his soul patch fell and it, like, went up. (laughs) Either way, so the film stars, do you remember any of the people who starred in the movie?
1: Uh, It's LeBron James and LeBron
0: James' son, right? Yeah. And uh, Don Cheadle himself. Don't forget Don Cheadle. Is is he credited in this one or not? Uh, yeah, he is. Don Cheadle wanted his paycheck. Um, yeah, while, he
1: didn't pull an Ocean's Eleven and decide that he was too good for the movie. No,
0: he was, he, he was too good for Ocean's Eleven, but no, Space Jam a new legacy is <laughs> alright with that. And then we've got uh, Jeff Bergham, um, Eric Bowser, and Zendaya as the Looney Tunes voice cast. Oh, I didn't realise Zendaya was one of the voice cast members. Uh, we'll find out when we get to the casting, I suppose. Uh, discussions Ooh. for a Space Jam successor began following its release. Uh, original director Joe um, uh, Pytka was attached to return in some capacity, as were some like, of the original animation directors. However, the project was stalled due to Michael Jordan's refusal to return. And there's the arsehole. There's the real Michael Jordan coming in.
1: It is. And that's one of those things, isn't it? Like The Space Jam 2 rumours were going for so long.
0: What's the thing that you mentioned here that... Um, uh, Possible spin-offs focusing on other athletes, including Jeff Jordan, um, American stock car racer, Tiger Woods, the golfer, and here's the one that's the most gutting, Tony Hawk.
1: Oh no, why so they, didn't, oh, so hawk
0: and the bunny. Yeah, that's what he was going to, they were going to make, a Tony Hawk, Ho- a skateboarding one with Tony Hawk, after the success of um, uh, like the Tony Hawk series, and they brought like skateboarding to the zeitgeist. And guess what it was going to be called?
1: I, I can't think of anything other than the hawk and the bunny at this point. Skate
0: Jam. Oh, of course. That would have been so perfect.
1: Yeah. My God. Like, why are we living in the, the bad universe where we is, never yeah. got
0: that movie? And it says that um, after several years in development hell, a LeBron James-led sequel was officially announced in 2014. So it took seven years to come to fruition.
1: Ooh. It took them
0: seven years to make this piece of shit, and it was still, still sucks.
1: Yeah, but it's got the guy from Clockwork Orange in the background, Carl. Don't yeah, you love I, that?
0: I love like, having fictional rapists in the back of my kids' movie with Bugs Bunny. Why? But I guess we'll get to that in a moment. Yeah. Anyway, It says that's uh, premiering <laughs> on July 12, 2021. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was on HBO Max four days later. That's Before. when you is know. That, that is that due to like COVID stuff, though? Probably. Yeah, it was considered a <clears> box <throat> office disappointment, grossing 163 million against a production budget of 150 million. But you've got to keep in mind, there's also a marketing budget on top of that, and marketing budgets generally aren't disclosed. So it was probably a box office bomb, if not a disappointment.
1: Yeah, they normally like with a lot of bigger movies. Uh, again, COVID it's messed up a lot of the, that stuff, but. Mm-hmm generally speaking, it's like double your budget when you yeah. include the marketing.
0: Like, rule of thumb is, yeah, you double your... Like, what if your, your budget for your film is 100 million, marketing's probably the same. Mm-hmm. Unless it's a Barbie movie, then it's like, we're going to spend 300 million marketing it. I mean, it, it worked. It paid off. Yeah, it's a gamble <laughs> that paid off. But So you see that um, it received generally negative reviews um, for its script, humor runtime, run-time, and particularly extensive use of product placement and Warner Media properties. It won three of its four Golden Raspberry Award nominations, including Worst Actor for LeBron James. And I think what really, like, probably just
1: the difference between the first one and the second is... It's like, yeah, they're both not great movies, they're both starring, like, you know, basketball players that can't act, but it's Mm -hmm. like, it seemed way more that, you know, the supporting cast was the focus in Space Jam 1, whereas Space Jam 2, as far as I can tell, has less of that, it doesn't have, like, Bill Murray and Wayne Knight, it doesn't like... Focus mostly on the, the Looney Tunes when it gets to the Looney Tunes segment.
0: Yeah, so as someone who watched it, it is the it, like the first one. It's not a great film, but despite Michael Jordan being a legendary piece of shit, he didn't make it all about himself. It's not a Michael mm-hmm. Jordan vehicle. He's there, but like you barely notice him for half the film because you know you have entire sections sitting like Toon World, don't you? And then you have like all the yeah. bits of Danny DeVito and mm-hmm. the monsters, which are incredible course, yeah. because Danny DeVito is like a treasure. And then you have um, like you know just brief snippets to like his family, like you, know, you see his kids yes. very briefly and his wife, but they know that's not interesting. The the, the second one it, not only is it two hours long, so already like thirty minutes longer than you would want it to be.
1: Yeah,
0: there's almost no other appearances from other basketball players. Oh, remember, like, really? The first one they have, yeah. like, the entire like, you have like Muggsy Bogues and Charles Barkley and stuff like that. Yeah, because they steal their abilities, and, like Patrick Ewing, and they the have premise, that like yeah. neat section. Those really neat, like really fun vignettes of them, like, in the hospital without their basketball playing ability. Yeah. They don't have any of that. It's just all set in the cartoon one as LeBron James going, huh? The entire and, like, film.
1: Let's bear in mind as well, like, again, Michael Jordan may be an asshole, but he was fine with, like, letting them take the piss out of him in that movie. Well, like, you know, they literally, one of the first things they do is, like, look into his head and go, like, oh, there's, it just, they look entirely through and they're like, yeah, there's nothing in there. He's literally yeah, an
0: airhead. And they, like, you know, they make fun of him. And like I said, there's other basketball players in that, and they, you like, mm-hmm. know, they're happy to have themselves like made fun of. Like, you know, I think they have—I forget the name of the, the basketball. But he's the shorter one of the monsters. Yes. Like where they're yeah. talking about the fact, the like, you know, yeah, what are they going to do? And he's like, well, at least you guys are tall. <laughs> it's just like little moments like that, isn't it? Like when they're in um, hospital, like one walks into like the all of them except the short one walk into like the the mind your head sign. Yes. Just yeah, little and- character moments like that that are memorable.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Is it mostly doesn't focus on Michael Jordan, And as you say. There's like seemingly a lack of ego in that movie,
0: despite the uh, huge amount of ego on the man.
1: Yes, yeah, and I'm sure there were elements of it during production and stuff, but it doesn't oh, yeah. come across very much in that film.
0: Like famously, like Michael Jordan's, like I want an entire basketball court built for me to play with on my own <laughs> when I'm on set. <laughs> but like you, similarly, though he had uh, into his contracts throughout his playing career had a clause called the love of the game clause that was made just for him and other sports stars have since gone, um, uh, like, since it became known. Mm-hmm. And essentially, like, when he played for the Bulls, they were like, well, we can't play for anyone but us because you might get injured. He's like, well, what about if I want to play a pickup game? Like, if I go mm-hmm. down the street and I see someone playing a pickup game, why can't I go play with them? What about if I want to like, you know, do practice with my friends on the other teams? Mm-hmm. I should be able to do that no she might get injured so he had him write into his contract that he can play whenever he wants because you know he enjoys the game
1: like it just reminds me I have the stories of like you saying Bolt kept getting caught playing football and like stop
0: it yeah you might follow you fall get yourself injured <laughs> you might snap your leg it's like when he crashed his car didn't it like he got mm-hmm. like first thing he did when he won like a gold medal was by a really fast car and crashed it five minutes later but. Yeah, you yeah. we have the cast. Anyway, the live-action cast, LeBron James, Don Cheadle, a bunch of actors who needed a paycheck. Just, it's not even got any, like, I guess. Okay, Sarah Silverman and Stephen Ewan play Warner Bros. executives. And there's, like, right. three cameos from, like, actual basketball players. that's the thing.
1: But, again, yeah, you compare that to, like, people actually giving quite a decent amount of screen time, bear in mind, of, like... Wayne Knight, Bill Murray, and Danny DeVito.
0: Yeah, I so mean, there's like, there's no one here who's like that side character to like go against LeBron James because they realize Michael Jordan, he's not a very charismatic guy. Like he has a lot mm-hmm. of charisma as like an athlete and a personality, but he's not a great actor. He can't carry a scene. Yeah, Bugs Bunny can carry yeah, a scene. Not an actor. Yeah. yeah. Wayne Knight can carry a scene. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like Bill Murray can carry a scene, and they just seemingly didn't have that for LeBron James. And as yeah. well, just I'm going to mention it here because it's not mentioned in the wiki page is that LeBron James, according to a rumor that we don't know for sure, but you can probably guess is accurate by looking at pictures of LeBron James in real life and the movie, had a specific thing written into the contract of the film where they used a not insignificant part of the CGI budget to fix his hairline.
1: Because if you look at the
0: poster for the film, his hairline looks real, real clean. Real pushed forward. Yeah, he's got a real nice hairline in that poster, and he's got a really nice dark beard.
1: And like, then you like look, look at him in real life, like,
0: that hairline. Yeah, that's it.
1: I get, I, I get, you know, the insecurities about like is my hairline pushing back a little bit? Mm-hmm. And it's like probably is because I'm probably you know that's what happens when you get older. But when you're like yeah, you look at that movie, it's like something seems a bit off about LeBron over here.
0: Yeah, and obviously he's denied that, but it's like you can very easily tell by just looking at pictures of him from the time, like on the red carpet, and then the poster that he stood next to. Yeah, like it.
1: It's not hard
0: to do the visual comparison yourself. But we says here that uh, while Michael Jordan does not appear in the film, he is briefly seen on a Space Jam poster, uh, Michael B. Jordan cameos as himself as a visual gag. Because they have Bugs Bunny say, I found him, I found Michael Jordan. It's Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty funny, but the fact that like, they don't make Michael B. Jordan play basketball is, like, criminal. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, yeah, it's just... Uh, again, it, it's one of those weird things of on paper, they should both be equally bad. But again, like just alone the fact that you said it's two hours long and like Space Jam is a quick breeze through.
0: 90 minutes, we have and Bill Murray. And that's what Murray. it should be. Other cameos include Bill Murray, who makes a photographic cameo playing golf alongside Bugs Bunny in the credits. Other people in the credits include Travis Scott, you know, the guy who got a bunch of people killed at his concert, um, uh, Sandy Hook Denialist, Rowdy Rondy Rousey, and... Someone I feel really sorry for, Naomi Osaka, tennis player. Because mm. like, you just don't want her to appear next to that list of people, do you? No, not really. Uh, and then appearances via archive footage include Mike Myers and Seth Green um, uh, in their Austin Powers Dr. Evil. Uh, things like from archive footage, as well as um, uh, Ingrid Bergman um, uh, from Casablanca and Josh Hellman as Slit from Mad Max Fury Road.
1: It says it all though, doesn't it when you're like archive footage,
0: yeah, we couldn't even get him in for a cameo,
1: and that's that's one of the you know scenes that we alluded to earlier, like the big basketball like actual scene that you wanna watch is like oh okay it this is an excuse to put every single Warner Brothers property in the background in the crowd shot for like cameos, mm-hmm. regardless of whether it makes any sense or any context, and
0: like Yeah. So it reminds me, have you seen, like, the Flash cameo scene? Where it's, like, just... I've
1: I've seen, like, a very quick
0: shot of it. It's two minutes long, and it's just, they go into and out of all the different worlds, and it's so bad. It's like, oh, they have George Reeves' Superman make a cameo. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't. It's literally just bad CGI, George Reeves does the Superman pose, and that's Mm. it. It's like... Well, that's the, the context is you should be having a glimpse into George Reeves' Superman's universe. But that's not a glimpse into his universe. That's promo footage. Yeah. From the thing. And then the closest you get is like, and then you get like Christopher Reeves, Superman, do the same thing. And then you get the god awful Nick Cage fighting a spider. He looks terrible. It's like, fucking hell, but I you know. remember
1: vo- all of it was meant to look
0: bad, Carl. I, I will never get over like the voice one of the animation directors saying it was meant to look bad on a TikTok where he has the speaking into his camera also his phone microphone like this Mm. it's like is this a bit? is this a bit? (laughs) that this guy's like no it looked bad on purpose because it's not supposed to be quite right it's like just say it looks shit yeah just admit it like it looked no it looked bad on I shit my pants on purpose your honour. <laughs> then we have voice cast, um just Jeff Bergman as Bugs Bunny, Celeste the Cat, Yosemite, Sam, all the rest. Fled Flintstone and Yogi Bear, because they're in the film for some reason. Eric Bowser mm-hmm. as Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, Foghorn, Leghorn, Elmer Fudd and Marvin the Martian. Zendaya as Lola Bunny. She accepted the offer because of her interest in working with Coogler and being a fan of the original film.
1: Fair enough. And yeah. Isn't though like another part of that movie that like people just you know, Tucker Bridgewood was, like, was like the fact that it's basically never in the Looney Tunes world.
0: Pretty much, yeah. Uh, they even it's have like, a bit that takes
1: where, the yeah. piss out of Looney Tunes and yeah, then they, just calls them shit.
0: They go to Looney Tunes world and it's, like, for fucking losers. It's like Looney Tunes loserville. Everyone sucks. Like, go to the real cool world. Like, you know, the Casablanca universe. It's like, really? Who's thought about that film in the last, like, 75 years? It's like, wait a shit on the thing that kept your company afloat for a decade, Warner Bros.?
1: And that's the thing is, you know, Space Jam 1 pays reverence to them. Like, literally, they are after the Looney Tunes because they see, like, how entertaining they are. Yeah. And he wants to enslave them because it's like, obviously, Danny DeVito's a bad guy and he's like, you know, wants to rule over all these these slaves and stuff. And he's like, well, I'm going to trap you all in my, like, theme park to entertain children forever because you're really good entertainers. (laughs) It's like, in this one, it's like, no, the Looney Tunes are shit.
0: Yeah, uh, just yeah. Some other people in the film, like you got a couple of like m- current basketball players as like the goon squad, but you know, nineties yeah, yeah. era basketball is way more. I'm going to say it's just way more pop culturally accessible to like you know people like myself and Lucas, you know, nerdy white kids in the UK. I knew who the people like like Charles Barkley was because mm-hmm. of like how just dominant nineties basketball was pop culturally. I don't know any of these people. And we have just other voices, Rosario Dawson as Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah, Justin Roiland talking about people who might have been accused of improprietary as Rick Sanchez. Um, And then we have just, I don't know, Looney Tunes characters who appear in non-speaking roles include Wile Coyote, um, K-9, Beaky Buzzard, Cecil Turtle, The Three Bears, Witch Hazel, Sam Sheepdog, Roxy and Mugsby, um, Penelope Pussycat.
1: It's just, what what is this film?
0: The nerd looks, the main antagonist of the original film, appear as spectators during the game via archive footage. So let's now go on to the fun stuff though, Lucas. Warner Bros. cameos and references. Keep in mind this is a Space Jam film about, you know, Bugs Bunny.
1: And it's for kids. Or it's meant to be. Yeah, it's meant meant to to be
0: for kids. So as the Warner Bros. serververse features prominently in the film, it incorporates numerous cameos and appearances and references to other Warner Bros. properties depicted as planets. So I'm going to go through all these, Lucas, and you just tell me if it's for kids or not. Or if it would be suitable for the young kids who are clearly intended to be the audience for this thing. Mm -hmm. So first of all, Game of Thrones. No, definitely not. Mad
1: Max. No. The Matrix. I mean, you could argue, but no, not really. that, people get... Blown down with bullets many, many a time in that movie.
0: Casablanca, which is suitable for kids, but what kid's going to watch Casablanca or even know yeah, what it like is? It's
1: not. That's not its target audience for sure.
0: The Wizard of Oz, the first of one. Course, that's yeah. actually yeah, The Wizard of Oz, yeah. classic film, one of the, like the greatest films ever. Made. King Kong, no, he's not. Maybe, that Maybe, yeah, yeah. but
1: it's still like you know a bit, maybe a bit scary, a bit violent.
0: The Iron Giant. So that's actually a of course pretty yeah. good pick. Uh,
1: Rick and Morty. Movie.
0: New no. Austin Powers. No. Lots of sex references in that Austin Powers universe. Mortal Kombat.
1: Oh, yeah, that's lovely for kids. I love those fatalities. I mean, that's the thing. I say that knowing I played more combat a lot as a kid. Yeah.
0: But it's nice like, you wouldn't... Exp- it's it's
1: you wouldn't... not intended for children, though. Yeah. Um, it. I'd hope children are not watching that. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which, okay, yes. Of course, yeah, yeah.
0: Beetlejuice. Yes. yes, like there's some weird it's things like in there, but yeah. It's horror comedy, isn't it? It's Dun- on the edge. Dunkirk. <laughs> yeah, Dunkirk. The- yeah. Fucking Dunkirk in World speech. War II in the. Su- gremlins. Gr- bring Gremlins yes. back. Mm-hmm. The, uh, speaking of bringing back, The Animaniacs. Oh, yes. God, The Animaniacs were so good. Steven Spielberg's best work A Clockwork Orange.
1: Yeah, yeah, kids definitely
0: watch that one. And then Harry Potter and the Goonies. So the majority of the things it references are not suitable for kids, because in to- a
1: movie where like the you know intended audience is kids, and then therefore you are promoting all of these things in the crowd to those kids. Mm-hmm. So that's what the cameos are there for. Essentially, yeah. is to market those other properties via Space Jam, and it's a kids movie.
0: Yeah. And it's usually, as well, like, cameos and stuff. It's the things that you go, oh, wow, it's that character. Who the fuck's going, look, it's Ingrid Bergman from Casablanca getting, like... (laughs) The thing is, I'd only accept these cameos if every cameo was them getting dunked on by Bugs Bunny. If LeBron James is like, no, I want to dunk on the guy from Casablanca and King Kong.
1: Have you ever seen that uh
0: icon? If it
1: was King Kong versus Iron Giant in a basketball one-on-one...
0: Yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah. So have you ever seen that amazing image someone did, that shit post someone did of, like... Oh yeah, just as a laugh, I decided to draw um, uh, Venom dunking on Spider-Man in basketball. Like, look at this! <laughs> look at the image I just sent you. That's so good. Yeah, that's, that's so rad. It's like people like, I want that. Yeah. Well, let's just to end on there. Let's go to critical response. So what, what would be your review of Space Jam: A New Legacy, Lucas? I mean, I I have not actually watched it,
1: so I can't give an honest review. But like, you yeah, know, you can. I would I would assume. The, if it was you know 90
0: minutes long maybe a 6 out of 10 but being 2 hours like a 4 oh well, you've got it bang on the money there Lucas review aggregator Rotten Tomatoes the film holds a approval rating of 25% so approval rating it often gets conflated with like rating approval mm-hmm. rating just means 25% of reviewers would recommend you watch it whereas 75% do not but as a weighted average rating of 4.4 4 out of 10 so you will bang on the money with that one
1: I'd say take half an hour out of that movie, you might make a six out of ten. But yeah.
0: or, it's a long um, runtime. Uh, Metacritic gave it thirty-six out of hundred based on forty-six critics' ratings. So again, close, and like close to four out of ten. I'll uh, take it. According to Screenrant writer Jordan Williams, the majority of critical reviews target the film's and I quote: lack of fun, humor, and earnest light-heartedness, overt promotion of Warner Bros. property, disappointment with celebrity and NBA roles, and the two-hour runtime. Pretty, like, you know, just incisive uh, comments there. We have the, uh, the AV Club's AA Dowd gave it a C minus, stating that the film's comprehensiveness did nothing, although it gave uh, made misdirections, um, which it was subject to glittering CGI trash heap of cameos. Mm-hmm. Oh, and stale internet catchphrases. Don't forget they referenced Big oh, Chungus man. in this. They referenced Big Chungus, Lucas.
1: Yeah, and that was what, like, as you say, it got like a solid seven years of production yeah and that's probably like the big chungus thing was written in in like 2014
0: yeah, the and the, then, em- yeah. admittedly big chungus is very very funny but in the mm-hmm. film it's like that thing isn't it it's like the moment the company references it you can't it's not cool anymore, but like the only one review I care about is someone on Twitter who said, and I quote, um, I watched the new Space Jam today, and in the movie, Bugs turned into Big Chungus, and a kid in the theatre lost his shit so hard, um, his mother had to take him outside. I forgot the entire <laughs> film on the drive home. And that is I'm, at Yosh X on uh, Twitter.
1: I just wanted to point out as well, I just got up space jam the original on wikipedia as well Mm -hmm. so i just want to like read this one paragraph of critical response just you know to give a fair comparison
0: yeah because we say it's probably it's a six or seven out of ten that's carried by nostalgia but it did have an album that went platinum i believe i can mm. fly did go platinum um so yeah critical
1: response for space jam from 1996 um on review aggregator rotten tomatoes Space Jam holds an approval rating of 43%, based on 86 reviews, with an average rating of 5.3 out of 10. Um, The website's critics' consensus reads, While it's no slam dunk, Space Jam's silly, Looney Tunes-laden slapstick and vivid animation will leave younger viewers satisfied, Mm -hmm. though accompanying adults may be more annoyed than entertained. Metacritic assigned the film a weighted average score of 59 out of 100, based on 22 critics, in indicating mixed or average reviews, audiences polled by CinemaScore gave the film an average grade of an A- on an A- to F scale. So yeah, you know, a fun, light-hearted kids' film that's a solid, you know, 5, 6 out of 10.
0: Yeah. So speaking of the original film, Joe Pitka, the director of the original Space Jam, expressed... Hatred towards the new film upon its release. Among his complaints, Pitka compared LeBron James to Michael Jordan, who was arguably the most famous celebrity in the world when the film was released, in comparison to James. He criticised the story for not tying up emotionally to LeBron's life, felt the first film's cast and soundtrack was superior um, to a new legacy, and saw Bugs Bunny's role in the film as heartbreaking, because he doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It feels like the Looney Tunes really got pushed aside.
0: Yeah, and then we have um, just one final amazing dunk from Huang dong the creator of Korean television series Squid Game. <laughs> because James criticised the final moments in each episode. Oh, uh, okay. Um, specifically, like, the final moments of the, the, you know, the conclusions of the final season. Mm-hmm. And uh, he... <laughs> He responded, Have you seen Space Jam 2? <laughs> LeBron James is cool when he can say what he wants. I respect that. I'm very thankful he watched the whole series, but I wouldn't change my ending. That's my ending. If he has his own ending that will satisfy him, maybe he could make his own sequel. I'll check it out and maybe send him a message saying, I liked your whole show, except the ending. <laughs> but that got boiled down too, when like, LeBron James on Twitter, like that Squid Game show, that ending sucked. He just tweeted back, like, have, you seen, have you seen Space Jam 2? <laughs> and it's just... What more do you need to say? Have um, you seen Space Jam too? That is a good point
1: because LeBron James is a big superstar in the NBA world, but mm-hmm. isn't he's
0: not the biggest
1: no. celebrity in the world like Michael Jordan might have been at the time.
0: It's, it's how he's it's described here. He was Michael Jordan was a transcendental figure. Right? He was like mm-hmm. he was famous just worldwide, and Chris we'll never see anything like, like it playing. again.
1: Um, and that's the thing who would you class now as like the world's biggest celebrity right now
0: biggest celebrity athlete probably the rock just Annoying. no no
1: no just biggest celebrity in the world
0: okay so biggest celebrity in the world like the most famous person on earth something thinking right now maybe taylor swift taylor swift yeah um that's a good answer i always try to think of like a celebrity or a movie star but maybe the, someone from marvel but like, you know yeah, for a bit it would have been, been robert downey jr maybe for a bit
1: Maybe for a bit, yeah. Not so um, much
0: anymore. So we don't really have, like, mega blockbusters yeah. anymore that are, like, actor-led, do it?
1: No, but I, like, I, I'd be down da- to watch, like, Taylor Swift somehow, like, lose her voice and Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck have to, like, rescue the performance.
0: Well they do say that um, a proposed sequel is in the works with Dwayne Johnson, and it's going to be a wrestling-centered oh. one. But, like, if you think athlete-turned-celebrity, it probably would be The Rock. I'd I prefer for yeah. it to be John Cena. It's got to be The, the Rock, thing. though. Because when we're cheaper. talking
1: about ego getting in the way of things, it's like, oh no! Because like The Rock, are they, are they going to be able to have fun and poke fun at The Rock, or is it going to be no? I have to be perfect at all times. Like,
0: don't forget, Lucas. Like they're making a live-action version of Moana because The Rock wants to play whatever what was his character in that? Uh, Maui. He wants to play Maui because you know his ego would not let someone else play that role. Mm-hmm. So they're, like, farting out a live-action version of that film less than 10 years after its released. Yeah, like,
1: seven years later or whatever.
0: Just so he can play Maui. They're
1: doing The Last of Us Part 1,
0: Carl. Hell yeah. Let's go. Well, that was, yeah, Space Jam, A New Legacy. I <laughs> love A New Legacy. And it's, like, you go down to the <laughs> section titled Reception and Legacy. It's like, it's wank, it's wank, it's wank. Everyone thought it sucked. It just, all it does is make the, pre- uh, the precursor better by comparison. Yep. The new
1: legacy is a non-existent legacy.
0: Yeah, so imagine having the balls to call it a new legacy, and just like it doesn't even manage to break, get get back its budget.
1: I find it so funny when you look at things like that in hindsight, where it's like, oh, they banked everything on like this one thing kicking off, and it just died on its ass. It's, it's like so a good.
0: point to the it's like the mummy
1: with the yeah. dark universe, and they did they'd like already tripled down on the dark universe, and it's like, nope, nope, the mummy bombed. Go
0: destroy it pointing to the stands like I'm going to hit a home run I'm going to hit a home run watch watch, watch me hit this home run and it's not even that they don't hit the home run it's that they completely fucking spoon it and fall over and somehow break the leg (laughs) (laughs)
1: like they just
0: went for a wild foul ball they did yeah so I guess folks at home let us know which wiki you thought won this week remember you're not voting for the quality whether you like the thing more it's whether or not the wiki was more interesting because that's the thing, people, like, they vote for the thing that they like. It's like, no, vote for the thing that you think was most interesting. What, what did you learn the most from?
1: Like, which one brought the most interesting discussion or, like, you know, brought you the most facts or whatever, however yeah. you want to judge
0: it. Don't just vote for the thing. It's like when you watch, like, Death Battle and people are like, well, I hope, I wish this character won because they're my favourite. It's like, that's not what it's asking you. It's not which character's the most popular, otherwise fucking Link and Sephiroth would win everything. It's like, yeah, but Carl, Goku.
1: Yeah. Goku, I like Goku. Why didn't Goku beat Superman? Yeah, it's like because they broke down. Exactly why for but, half no, an but, hour.
0: But Goku should win though, because Goku, I like Goku.
1: Goku, Goku, Goku. Goku. Yeah. I can't no. wait for part three. After like, oh, Ultra Instinct Goku though.
0: So yeah, that's the thing. So I just sort of clarify that. He say, like, you're not voting for your favourite. You're voting for, but but people can never get past that. It's like, what? What's mm. I like this thing, so I get it. Yeah, That's why I don't like Space Jam, and
1: uh, thank you for for keeping with us through Space Jam: A New Legacy.
0: Yeah, just think this podcast was twice as long; that'd be almost as long as Space Jam: A New Legacy. <laughs> think about that.